is a god of the game. Get used to this noise people, the 2021-22 football league is back and how? Can we just have a mini league among City, United, Liverpool and Chelsea for the top 4 position? Will Harry Kane ever play for Spurs again? And it seems like the English media never got a chance to watch Lukaku at Inter. Is this Atletico's La Liga title to lose? Can Barca register their players? Or can Real finally get their big money signings to click? Managerial merry-go-rounds in Bundesliga and will Nagelsmann ever live up to this new challenge? Let's go! Absolutely world-class! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome everyone to the new footballing league season. The Premier League has begun already. Uh, the Spanish La Liga was going to start tonight and obviously the Bundesliga has begun. And the Serie A will start next week. I'm Ishan. I'm really excited to talk to you about, you know, what's going to happen in this season. We're going to preview the major leagues. And as usual, I have the hermit himself, Mr. Electricity, and he'll tell you why. Bala Subramaniam. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you? Yes, he did call me Mr. Electricity. We were supposed to record this on Thursday night. This is Saturday morning, 14th August afternoon. That's because there was no power in our building for almost 20 hours. So we had to delay this recording. So a quick apologies for that. And before we start with all the leagues, as Ishan mentioned, we'll quickly round up the Super Cup game that happened between Chelsea and Villarreal. Chelsea defeated Villarreal in penalties. It was 1-1 after regulated time and a pretty useless 30 minutes extra time, which we think that it's absolutely not worth it. It went to the penalties to hell gotten Kepa only for the penalties and he replaced Mendy and Kepa redeemed himself after people, if you guys remember, his fight with Sari during an EFL Cup final. I honestly thought Villarreal were unlucky. They should have won the game. They hit the post twice. ZH had a very unfortunate injury after scoring a very good goal. Looks like a long-term injury. Ishan, any thoughts before we quickly move on to EPL? I think you summed it up pretty quickly. I think I just want to put, you know, lay emphasis on how uh, unfair the extra 30 minutes are, knowing the circumstances of COVID, where you know the season for a lot of the players, especially in the Chelsea team, had just ended not a couple of weeks ago. So I think it was a bit unnecessary. It puts a lot of strain. But hey, Chelsea start off the season with a trophy. They wouldn't mind that, right? And I think what a last what a last couple of months Jorginho is having, Mister Trophy himself. Like he's building himself a good trophy cabinet already. More trophies than Tottenham. Uh, so meaning I'm. Amazing. He's obviously, I think, going to be a contender for the Ballon d'Or, but I know who's going to get it, a guy from Paris. Uh, but that feels so odd to say. But, huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, congratulations to Chelsea. Uh, you said Villarreal dominated. They had great chances, but Chelsea came up with the results. So it puts them in great stead, in great momentum for the season coming up. Congratulations, Chelsea and their fans. You finally won it on your fourth attempt. All right. Let's start with the English Premier League, which actually had its first game yesterday night where Brentford, after a gap of 74 years, played their first ever Premier League game against Arsenal and they won Arsenal 
Arsenal uh, haven't changed. It's all pretty obvious. They're the same team who do not know how to defend. And they spent 58 million on a young player, Ben White, who immediately after joining Arsenal also forgot how to defend. Uh, so, meaning it's, I won't say it's a disastrous start because Arsenal have been known to not start off very well. Uh, last, last season was an outlier that way where they started off really well. Uh, but, you know, they have excuses lined up. Their two main strikers, Yang and Lacazette, were unwell and they didn't even travel with the squad. Uh, they had a lot of young players, Mari, who uh, I think was partly responsible for the first uh, first goal. Uh, and then they had, uh, you know, Bakari Saka, who, by the way, I just want to give a big shout out to the Brentford fans who gave a huge round of applause to Bakari Saka, who came on. And that was a great touch. It show that there are some there are good people in this world so that was class from the Brentford fans but yeah uh, i had I, I read a very interesting stat out of all uh, of arteta's games with arsenal 27% of those games have resulted in arsenal not scoring wow okay very interesting and if you look at how arsenal play and I, I saw another stat last year 42% of the time arsenal spent in the opposition's half Wow, and if you're still, you know, not scoring twenty twenty seven percent of the time, that there's something wrong uh, in you know your final final play where you're not ending up scoring. So things to work on, but I feel Arsenal will only improve with those two, you know, Aubameyang and uh, Lacazette coming in. There's also rumors of Odegaard uh, being, you know, joining them on a permanent deal. So you know, there will be a lot of assistance in going forward for Arsenal. Yeah, since we are in the topic of Arsenal, let's just quickly run through what they did in the transfers and a quick idea of how they can do in this season. I mean, they have shown a pretty good picture of it yesterday. <laughs> so, in terms of transfers, they brought in Nuno Tavares, a Benfica player, and then they signed a player called Lokonga from Anderlecht, I think a midfield player. And as you said, Ben White for 50 million and a couple of other few transfers. Yes, they seem to be extremely interested in bringing back Odegaard. Uh, there is news that they are after Madison. So it looks like they are after the right kind of place because that's the area of the pitch where they actually lack a lot of creativity. Now, Arsenal, I am not, I am not going to be very optimistic about them this season. In fact, in my kind of own predictions, I've put Arteta is going to be one of those managers who might get fired first out of all the EPL managers this season. So Arteta is on is on uh, is on the firing line if Arsenal are not anywhere closer to the European positions. I mean, I say European positions, I'm including Europa League also because I don't expect Arsenal to finish in top two this top four this season. So even if they're not anywhere close to the Europa League position you might see a managerial change coming in. All right, Ishan, why don't you quickly take us through on what you think about probably the winner of this transfer window, I would say, Manchester United? Well, I think Manchester United were definitely the winner of the transfer season until Chelsea signed Lukaku. Uh, because we're going to talk about Chelsea, but I'm going to you know, lay emphasis on what's happening with Man United. Obviously, the big signing... The big signing that they got was Jadon Sancho from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, it was two years in the making. He was supposed to join last year. Uh, but surprisingly enough, they got Jadon Sancho in the lowest phase of his career, if you call it, right? He didn't get, barely got a minute at the Euros. Uh, he didn't have a very good season last season with Borussia Dortmund. 
so but you know they needed something they needed some freshness in their you know wings in their midfield and i think jaden sancho is a future superstar he's going to add that uh they've got a very strong team uh manchester united but i think the one issue with them not solved and i think that might come back to haunt them is their central midfield yes they still have pogba they have mctominay but then they have fred and matic who Matt, matic is, has barely played uh in the last couple of seasons and fred is fred uh he like he's fred like what do you want me to say uh he is yeah meaning he might make it to an isl team uh but not for man united uh but the big boost which is surprisingly and very strangely still not confirmed is the signing of rafael varan from my club real madrid for 50 million please note 8 million cheaper than ben white uh, at arsenal uh, which is very weird uh but they still not officially announced it i don't know what's going on i was reading an article on uh, sky where there are still still some issues regarding image right that needs to be resolved uh and hence the uh, united have not confirmed it olegona solcha made a very strange statement saying that you know varan is still a real madrid player which is a bit oh. off uh because what i so read was I uh, it seems that he has to quarantine and all that shit there was a news that that's done right was because they announced it 2 weeks ago uh and that mm. still not happened so quarantine ends uh uk don't have a amber list thing right now where they need to mandatory quarantine so there is something i think regarding the contract that still needs to be finalized but i'm pretty sure it will happen uh at least by match week 2 uh but i don't see him starting immediately he will need some time to just acclimatize to the british environment to the team etc but they have maguire who's obviously a who's really gone from strength to strength as a central defender yes he's slow but he does everything else right if you see his positioning he's probably the best in the league in just positioning himself in the right area so i feel i'm very confident about this united squad this year they have edinson cavani they don't have a second striker uh you know rashford is not a striker he loves coming off the wings marshall is anthony marshall uh again i don't know he's still a uh, potential he's, i think been in united for the last 50000 years and he's still a prospect for them uh but yeah i think that's where probably i mean how many games will edinson cavani play this season that's a challenge uh so overall i'm very optimistic they have a great chance of at least challenging city and uh, the likes of city liverpool and chelsea but i still don't see them winning the league but yeah a much better team than last year so if i have to add like a pessimistic view to this uh just one point last pessimistic view to this is if manchester united don't hit the ground running like their first few uh fixtures are relatively easier they are not facing any of your so called big six or big eight or anyone so if they don't be there on top or at least let's say three or four points uh uh not not anything more than 3 or 4 points on the top then there could be some issues and number 2 is uh, the fans are back in the stadium so i'm not sure how well they will enjoy that little bit of paso football from ole last season so those are the only two pessimistic views i have but that's again it's a very very slight uh, probability of that happening so that is manchester united and we both believe top 4 definitely i don't think there is any uh, doubts in that top 4 for i think they are pretty much a sure shot unless things go really bad or like there's a shocking injury which you know really derails them but 
top four, I think, is a shoe in for them, especially because the other challengers have gone weaker. I feel. Yeah. So let's move on to their city rivals, which is Manchester City. They actually signed couple of players one big player obviously we all know they broke the british record they signed jack grealish for 100 million from aston villa to boost up their attacking talents already piled up attacking talents and uh, he will uh, he will start from the left the pretty much the same position he played for uh, villa just to add a couple of points, City will be missing De Bruyne and Foden for the first few games because they were still carrying some knock from the Euros. Uh, Sterling, Walker, Stones, these guys might take a, uh, a game. Probably they'll probably won't play uh, the today's game or the tomorrow's game. Well, they'll probably play from game week two because they played uh, till the finals of Euros. So they might need an extra rest. But otherwise, City squad is extremely strong. To me, they are uh, still one of the top two favourites will come to Chelsea. To me, City and Chelsea are the two favourites. If I have to split into percentage, I'll give City about 30% of winning the league. Any points for you to cover, City, before we move on to the next team? I think the game changer will is a transfer waiting to happen, which is Harry Kane. Uh, there is still a lot of strong hope from the City side, uh, the City management that they will push through on this deal uh, to sign Harry Kane. The fee right now is about 150 million euros, which is quite a lot for a you know player aged as Harry Kane. But you know, if Harry Kane joins, that is the one missing piece City have uh, in their team is a is a number nine in a way, a point of point of reference in a squad. Uh, last year they won the league. Uh, without almost an entire season without a centre forward. But also people need to understand the other teams didn't do too well and didn't do too well in terms of, you know, representing their cases. So there wasn't a m too much of a challenge. Uh, this year might be different. A lot of the major top four teams have strengthened a lot. And I think getting Harry Kane would be the difference. Uh, also, last pointer, I think, the I was a little disappointed with the way they played in the community shield. Yes, Pep Guardiola changed a lot of things up. But people whom, as you said, Foden and De Bruyne are not going to be playing, uh, which gives opportunities to uh, Farhan Torres, who barely had a touch of the ball in the game. Uh, so those might be a point of concern. But yeah, they have so much strength in their team. Somebody might show up on the day and that would be enough to get a result. So City still favourite for me. Um, I, I think I would be with you on the 30%. So moving on to the other team who... Again, I give another 30% to that team that is Chelsea only and only because they have signed Lukaku and they have crossed that line. They have signed him. They have presented him as a Chelsea player. It's done because that's the one piece of the puzzle I thought like that was missing from Chelsea's uh, artery. So they were able to, sorry, uh, Chelsea's armory <laughs> and they were able to fix, <laughs> fix that puzzle with the signing of Lukaku. Ishan. Any any points for Chelsea? Plus, minus, what do you expect? Man, like, I think a lot of people I've been reading on Twitter, a lot of people have not been, you know, jumping on the hype train of, you know, Lukaku joining because their reference point obviously has been Lukaku at Manchester United. Uh, but I think a lot of people do not know how much Lukaku has evolved at Inter Milan, especially due to Antonio Conte. What a different player he is. Actually, very, yeah, very brilliant point because I 
while I was listening to some of the uh, other podcasts and interviews, they were all always most of the British uh, journalists were pointing to him uh, when he was at Manchester United. Seems like nobody saw him at Inter. I think that's the that's the thing when you see a lot of these podcasts and all, especially for the Premier League fans, right? They are very they are very microscopic in their worldview of football. Like it's the Premier League and nothing else. Uh, you know, so obviously a lot of them didn't follow Inter Milan or the Serie A last season, where I would say Lukaku was single-handedly won them the league, not in terms of just his goals, but him as a leader of the of the squad. You know, he was there throughout, and that is a change in Lukaku that is fully I would give full credit to Antonio Conte for. He is a completely different player, and you saw that in the Euros as well, where he was leading the line uh, for Belgium as well. So I think he was a he's a major piece that Chelsea have added to their squad because now not only will he score about twenty odd goals, but he will also hold up play and give the like likes of you know Havertz, Pulisic, and even if they want to risk playing Timo Werner some open space to actually have you know score more goals and have create more opportunities. So he brings a lot of value to Chelsea, and I think it's just you know it's a big big. I think it probably has the potential to be the signing of the season. In the Premier League, I'm not talking about Paris. <laughs> I'm going to add uh, one more pessimistic view. I'm being the guy who is wearing that hat today. Uh, their defense, I'm still not convinced with their defense. Yes, they had an amazing end to the last season. They hardly conceded goals, but I am still not confident that Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma, and Thiago Silva can deliver for an entire season. Maybe in the cup games, yes. Champions League, yes. But in the league, 38 C, 38 games, I don't know. I have my doubts. No, I agree with you there. Like, especially, especially all of those, the four defenders you mentioned, more than the quality or the you know the you know the inconsistency that they may have, I'm more worried about their propensity to get injured. Mm. Uh, you know all of them are pretty injury prone in that regard where they don't have a fixed defensive lineup throughout the season that could be a concern because especially playing champions league and all the domestic cups and the premier league that's a lot of games that chelsea will have to play this season and that might you know come back to haunt them but yeah there's a january transfer window if the things goes you know the shit hits the ceiling they will make transfers in the defense great moving on to the fourth contender which is the the champions of 2019-2020, Liverpool. Again, very not a very great transfer window per se. Like they signed Ibrahim Konate pretty early in the window, but they actually did a lot of good uh, business in terms of renewing players' contracts. They've renewed Alexander-Arnold. They have renewed Alisson. They renewed Fabinho. Yesterday, I think I saw they renewed uh, Van Dijk also for the next four years. So those are pretty good business that they have done to make sure that they hold on to these players who won, basically won the Champions League and the Premier League for them. So I would probably give about 15 to 20% chance for Liverpool because I, I'm still not convinced with their midfield. Midfield is good, but I'm still not convinced with, uh, uh, with with Thiago Alcantara. Probably the first time we'll see an entire season where he might start with Henderson and Fabinho in the middle. Yes, the, the return of Van Dijk and Gomez is an amazing boost. It's a great boost, but we have to understand that Van Dijk didn't play for almost what, 300 days or 200 days or something like that. So it is extremely difficult for a player to just start and 
be at his best so it will take a lot of time so i don't give liverpool a great chance but the only advantage that i'll give them is their team has been together in pre-season for the longer time amongst all the other teams uh, luckily liverpool didn't have a lot of players who played the euros for a longer time yes the brazilian players were missing alisson fabinho were missing rofimino was missing for a while but they still had the salas and the manes and every other players van dijk gomez everyone were there alexander arnold so so that is a bit of a uh, a positive for liverpool i would say but other than that they i again top 4 definitely i don't see any problem in top 4 but winning the league yeah i would probably give them about 15 20% yeah i think there have been i think that as you said i think there are and i want to add to that i think they have been had two major signings i would say van dijk is a new signing uh, which they will have to take you know take it easy on him he can't be pushed into playing every single game but i think their biggest signing is going to be fans coming back into anfield uh you know imagine without fans as the uh, liverpool lost six games on the trot at anfield i don't see that ever happening again with anfield fans otherwise there will be riots right so the fans coming back is going to be a major major boost for them my only concern and i will be a little bit of a pessimist here is their top 3 i feel have been figured out a bit uh the forward line you know the salah mane firmino combination is it's almost this is probably the fourth season where they are an attacking line fifth actually fourth or fifth season fifth season right no other you know triumvirate has ever lasted this long True. if you look at it True. and that makes it a little more predictable as to how they are going to go about their attack uh, so that might be my only concern about it but yeah if all of them play at their top level you know sala is anyway going to get you about 20 goals this season mane has been had has had a bit of a downer in the last season and a half uh, you need him to pick up his game and if that doesn't happen then i see them struggling a bit uh this season uh because just of the lack of freshness but otherwise this squad is pretty sorted great now move on to london and especially to north london which is tottenham hotspurs like they had a change in their manager nuno espirito santos who is their 745th preference of the manager they were trying and finally got him they we still don't know whether harry kane is going to be there or not Ishan, where do you put Spurs? What do you think of them? Do you know Espirito Santo's uh, job announcement was like I almost felt like you know when you apply for a big MNC and then you get an automated response from HR saying that thank you for your application, we really value you and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And then for five years you don't hear from them, <laughs> and that's how suddenly you heard from them because the global employee supply just died and that's how nuno espiro santo got the job so i think that summarizes uh, <laughs> tottenham uh, but i think there a crisis waiting to happen uh, because you know yes first i want to highlight two big things that they've done they've signed two very good players brian gill from sevilla on a exchange deal plus money uh, eric lamela goes uh, you know goes the other way to sevilla he's been a great servant for tottenham so congratulations to him but brian gale is a real talent like i've been yeah. seeing some youtube videos of him if he you know lives up to that potential premier league is a completely different ball game uh, but if he even comes 50% this season of what he's capable of they've got a real asset at a very cheap price right and he's really young the other 
is Christian Romero, uh, who is a really solid signing from Atalanta. Uh, he is a brilliant player. And I feel he might, you know, start gelling well, fitting into the Tottenham scheme of things from day one. Now, the biggest problem I feel they have, and why I said there are crisis waiting to happen, is, as we mentioned, the issue of Harry Kane. Uh, if they do not let him go, you're going to have your best player who's not going to be in the best of moods. Yeah. He is not a Lionel Messi who can, you know, curb all of that anger and put it onto the pitch and now be a candidate for the Ballon d'Or like he is, like what happened last season. He's not that kind of guy. Harry Kane is just too nice. He's a gentleman, right? If it doesn't work out, he'll still try his best to be loyal to Tottenham, but it's going to be very hard. Now, if, say, for example, he does go to Manchester City, do Tottenham have the time to buy a proper number nine or a proper centre forward in under a week? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Right? Who, who are the centre forwards available? Because most of the leagues have started. People have already started their plan. It's going to be very, very, I would say, impossible for them to buy a player at cost or at, you know, who's worth in under the budget. You know, I can only see Sergio Aguero, who's anyway not going to be playing for 10 months, right? He's probably the only forward available. That will be quite a thing, man. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. That's that's like completes this this madness. That will complete this entire madness. (laughs) Exactly. Meaning... So they've, I think, you know, Daniel Levy has, you know, has this knack of keeping all his major transfers to very late or letting go of his big players very late. And it's never worked out for them. Last time when they sold uh, Gareth Bale on deadline day, they spent all of the money on useless players. And that is the risk they stand to, you know, you know, repeat again. So I am, I worry about Spurs this season. I really do. Uh, It's an end of an era. They've had a great run, but you know, it's going to be a challenge for them. Yeah, I don't have a lot of hope for Spurs. Again, Europa League position maybe. But other than that, I don't see them getting anywhere near the top four. And as you said, they are a crisis. So we really don't know. We, we'll have to wait till the end of the transfer window to see how they will actually shape up. Great. Now, moving on to this new member, this new team who has been threatening to break this top five, top six. And they have been doing pretty well, actually. They have been making a pretty good case that they are a better team than the North London teams, which is Leicester City under Brendan Rodgers. They made three really smart signings and they're always pretty good when it comes to recruitment. They work on this model where they recruit cheaper, they develop players and they sell them to a bigger club at a higher rate, which they have done it for the last five, six years. But they signed Bubakar Somare, who is the Lille midfielder, who won the league with Lille last season. They signed uh, Patson Daka from Salzburg, who is a winger, come scorer. And uh, I don't know who's the third signing. Ishan, you will have all the details. Uh, Ryan Bertrand. Oh, Ryan Bertrand, yes. That's for free from Southampton. Yes. Great. So, what do you think, Leicester? Will they continue their last two seasons' impressive performance? I think so because I think more than the if you know, it's not individual players for Leicester. It's always them as a unit. And Brendan Rodgers has done really well. Actually, he's got the mentality from the Ranieri squad back. You know, last season, and you saw that in the, even in the Community Shield, they had a great, very solid game. So, I think it's not as I said. You know, Leicester City is never individual players. They're they're a unit. You know, they've got Telemans, 
they've obviously got Jamie Vardy they've got really solid players and they've got Casper Schmeichel their captain uh, as a keeper so i think they will do well top 5 again it i think depends on how badly the other the you know what we believe the fixtures on the top 5 should be how much they blow it uh, if they do i think leicester will be waiting in line to take up that spot so i think it's going to be a good season for leicester city i don't think it might be a great one yeah even i'm thinking about 6th or 7th 5 maybe if spurs and arsenal like absolutely screw up but yeah the reason being uh, their star defense i mean not their star defender basically one of their big hope defender which is westley for fana he got injured himself during a pre-season game i think he's out till the end of this year if i'm not wrong that's a very very unfortunate thing to happen because they were banking on him so they are already down one very good defender so i don't know how they are going yeah. to manage that uh, west morgan is not there with the club anymore will they go and sign someone actually they did sign someone sorry i forgot that they did sign yanik westergaard from southampton they've already made that signing so yeah they're pretty they, that's a very good signing and westergaard with soyuncu in the defense is still going to be solid yes Fofana added a new dimension last season for them. They that will be missed, but you know I think they made a very capable signing with the limitation they have. So I think they they're going to be they'll do well. Great. So that's with all the EPL clubs guys. Uh the as I said this is Saturday so the games are happening this week. Tonight we have Manchester United versus Leeds United. We have Norwich versus Liverpool. They are playing their first game. Leicester versus Wolves. And tomorrow night, Sunday night, uh, like Ranveer Singh says, big game. Tottenham versus Manchester City. So everyone thought that this is the game where Kane will play for Manchester City and score against Tottenham, but looks like he's not going to play this game at all. So we'll see how this week turns up, and we'll come back to you guys on Monday with all the updates. Moving on to the Spanish league, which is La Liga, the league that is now feeling so left out, so left out that all their star players have gone. like if you are a la liga fan if you are someone who lives in spain and respects la liga a lot like how are you feeling right now i think la liga has become an atheist because they've lost two gods <laughs> in the last couple of years and i think i think losing lionel messi yes it was it was going to happen one day but losing messi not to retirement to losing messi to him moving to another club that is something i don't think anyone not even real madrid fans ever thought would happen but yeah. you know this season the la liga has lost two almost in, the most influential captains of the entire league they've lost messi and ramos uh and that's a huge huge dent not only for you know the real madrid and barcelona but for the rest of the league as well you know people keep forgetting when there are when real madrid and barcelona play smaller clubs who do the fans want to truly want to go and see they want to see a messi playing against a small club right they want to see a ramos put in a crunching tackle or probably get a red card against their club <laughs> that also you know gets you revenue for the even the smaller teams so it's a big big loss but i think coming straight to the point you know how easy do atletico madrid have it this season that is i think completely rests on diego simeone who by the way just renewed for another 3 years they have actually become stronger they they signed rodrigo de paul what a brilliant signing that is and they retain most of their other squad so 
I think Atletico have become stronger, whereas Real Madrid and Barcelona has significantly become weaker. Yeah, it has opened up the La Liga big time. I mean, teams like Sevilla, Celta Vigo, why not Villarreal? Like they all will be licking their elbows to see that like what they can do, what they can do to get into the top four. And there is a realistic chance. You can't deny the fact that teams like Celta Vigo, as I said, all those fringe teams will be looking to get into this top Please four. don't forget mentioning Valencia. Oh, Valencia. Yeah, actually, they're also a great team. In fact, they played their first game yesterday and they won. They defeated Hetafe 1-0. They have a new coach. Uh, I think he's an ex-Getafe coach, if I'm not wrong. He came in and won. Yeah, this. he was. Bordelas, who was the Getafe manager last season. Great. So, they won their first game 1-0. So, all these teams will be looking forward to it. Real Madrid, they've lost Varane. They have lost Ramos. They've got Alaba, who's a great signing, but I think he's not going to play for the first one or two weeks, if I'm not wrong. Cru- yeah. Cruz uh, yeah. is not expected to start the first two, two, three games. Uh, I'm not sure whether. So is Hazard. Yeah, and I'm not sure the Brazilian players are back uh, with the full with the team full fledgedly. The likes of Casemiro, Militao, and all those players. So. No, they're back. They're back. Marcelo has injured himself again. <laughs> okay. So we will have to start with Miguel Gutierrez, who's actually a very good uh, left back. Yeah. Uh, but young, he's not a Marcelo. Uh, but yeah, it's a very, very, uh, I feel a weak team. And, you know, what's happened is that, you know, we've had to literally been forced to let go of Odegaard uh, because we want, our priority was to first let go of the likes of Isco. But literally zero bids for Isco this season, which has resulted in, you know, us running out of squad space. And hence Odegaard is the one which has not been listed into the squad. But yeah, I'm I'm actually resting on miracles. I I feel I'm hoping Gareth Bale will have a miracle season. I hope Hazard will finally justify his cause. You know, I'm I'm relying on these very aspirational hopes so that Madrid actually do something worth reckoning this season. But otherwise, I really I think it's going to be a weak season for us. I think coming to Barcelona, it depends on who are the players they register. <laughs> If they don't register Depay, who's probably been their most informed player in the preseason, that's a huge loss. But if you just look at the squad, they're a pretty strong squad, just by the names. How will they play without Messi? One never knows. But they might play better, they might play worse. So, you know, it's all in the, you know, it's all in up in the air for Barcelona. So, I saw a report that, uh, I saw a report that uh, they will be able to sign Depay and Garcia by today or tomorrow or something like that. Now, see, any report that comes from the Barcelona side, my first thing is like, I don't believe this. These guys are saying it for the sake of it. <laughs> so you cannot trust these buggers at all. But yeah, like you're talking about miracles. I think if God has a certain set of miracles in his in his agenda to to give to all the leagues, he'll probably have to give a lot to La Liga teams, especially to Barcelona and Real Madrid, because that's the only hope for both the fans. Miracle. I don't think anything else is going to save them. Well, yeah, as you said, Barcelona has a decent squad, but the mood, everything is not very great. So they'll you will have to completely forget yourself out of all the hoopla and all the shit that has happened outside the field. And to focus on on the field, like what's going to happen on the field is going to be tough with the fans around. They are not going to stop waving their white flags. They have already started singing Messi, Messi every 10th minute. So you will never know how the players will react. Hopefully it 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 uh, it reacts, it, it helps them in a positive way. I think but the biggest problem Barcelona had for so many years due to Messi was Messi was the reason and the excuse. 
Yeah. Messi was the reason they won and Messi was the reason or the excuse they used when they lost. Like Messi didn't have a great game. It was always one man and now they've lost that. So basically they've lost a suraksha kavach so to speak <laughs> where you know everything all eyes will be on each and every player. Griezmann will have to be better. You know De Jong will have to be better. Pedri I think has been sat khun maaf for Pedri. I think he's already a Barca icon. you know i don't think anything however badly he plays there will be unlimited amounts of you know for sympathy for him uh, but all the other players who are highly paid you know umtiti lenglet everyone will have so much pressure on them to perform that it might be very difficult for them you know to live up to that That's so true. that is my concern but That's if, true. there is no way to hide right now as you said there is no way to hide the guy the the the, the kavash that was supporting you that was preventing you from all these years is gone so it will be interesting to see how griezmann de jong even the likes of jordi alba busquets pk all these players like how they are going to come out and perform so it will be a very fascinating thing to see uh, if you are a non barcelona fan it will be a fascinating thing to see how a giant like this can fall and it will be a great case study like see this entire season la liga will be talked about will be discussed for more off the field stuff than on field stuff i can guarantee you that because yeah. there is already a and i truly feel that this this probably might be the first clasico where there's literally no existing bad blood <laughs> yeah actually wait yeah actually there is no pk yeah no ramos no messi yeah actually i wouldn't mind i would i wouldn't be surprised that they all go for a party like a dinner after classico for the yeah. <laughs> very strange <laughs> the third league that started yesterday was the bundesliga and ishan i have a feeling that this is the year that we'll finally see someone other than bayern no. munich as a champion no, no. <laughs> not happening bro uh <laughs> not happening and i'll tell you i'll i'll give you a couple of reasons one a bayern munich however badly they play they have a guy called robert lewandowski who scored again yesterday who can literally score score goals if he is amputated blind uh, you know his head turned around his hands replaced by his legs he will still score <coughs> yes nagelsmann has i think they are the only big club in europe who's not won a game this preseason yes uh, they played actually pretty badly yes. uh, in preseason but come to think of it borussia monchengladbach away getting a draw which happened yesterday 1-1 by the way for people who don't know without most of their big players playing i think would be a good result in uh, when you look at the larger scheme of things but look at the other challengers they have leipzig and borussia dortmund who would probably be that top two contenders right um uh, dortmund always start off incredibly well but then lose 7000 nil against bayern munich in the in in the german classico right uh, that's been the trend everyone always goes into those matches thinking borussia obviously they're going to win because they're the stronger team it never happens it's going to be it's going to be the same right it's going to be the same uh, bayern have re- renewed joshua kimmich it's a very smart renewal to make uh, for three more years uh, they are still so strong man yeah. they're still so strong Yes, they have a very weak defense. I have to admit. Now losing Alaba as well, they have a very you know Nicolas Sule is probably one of the weakest defenders in a big big club in Europe. 
they still not managed to get rid of boltang who wanted to leave a lot of issues but i still feel they're still very strong to have a challenge they might come close dortmund or leipzig but yeah i don't see you know i hope but i don't see them not winning the league yeah when talking about coaches nagelsmann went to bayern so if i have to like round off everything see nagelsmann leipzig coach went to bayern marco rosa munchen gladbachs coach went to dortmund the eintracht frankfurt coach went to munchen gladbach wolfsburg coach went to frankfurt so it was a proper musical chair happening in bundesliga so so that's one thing which actually which which is why i felt bayern might miss out this season because nagelsmann see he is a great coach he has been lauded as one of the future superstars coach like your pep guardiola and jurgen klopp etc but see look at the last two clubs he has managed he managed hoffenheim and he managed leipzig now these two clubs in spite of whatever they have done on the field these two are actually quote unquote the corporate clubs like if you go to germany no one gives a fuck about hoffenheim and leipzig because they are this front yeah. end fan facing corporate channel so hoffenheim it is sap yeah. and uh, leipzig we all know it's red bull so the, for the first time he's going to a club that's actually a club who has tons of experts tons of uh, few former legends who are now pundits like losing a point in bundesliga is is a catastrophe like i haven't seen the reaction in the 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 german uh, Amongst the German journalists, after their draw to Munchen Gladbach, I'm pretty sure they must have been some other guys who have already started the topic that Nagelsmann out. So it's a. Ex- I think you raise a very important point with Nagelsmann because so far in his career, he's always played with clubs and made them punch above their weight. Yeah. But now he's job. He's you know he's joined the apex predator. Yeah. All he has to do is deliver results. There is no excuses. Like. their b team should be stronger than most of the teams in uh, you know the bundesliga so if you have injuries no excuse you still have to win yeah can he adapt to that level of pressure plus you have the champions league he has very little experience in the champions league to be honest yes he got leipzig uh, in the champions league but nobody expected anything from them now you are expecting bayern munich to win the champions league it's a completely different ball game he has entered into it's So pretty similar to how Poch is going to feel like at PSG, right? Yeah. Uh, expectations are now just like gone through the roof. Uh, so a lot of pressure on him. Can he adapt? Probably in the Bundesliga. Probably not in the Champions League. Uh, so I think th- those are my worries for Bayern Munich. Just the pressure they put on themselves being so big. Um, yeah, but what else? Am I missing something in the Bundesliga? Another thing. I think just moving on to another club. Sorry, Bala, if you no, have to no, say no. something. Mainz have a game coming up this weekend, and they have seventeen players who tested positive for COVID. Yeah. The problem is they still have a big enough squad or a squad enough to be registered to play a game. Uh, so that is going to be a very interesting uh, match for Mainz. I don't, I don't, you know, it's pretty sad yeah. to be honest, but I really hope this is not a start of another COVID. uh thing in the you know the domestic leagues what do you yeah, think yeah hopefully it's not i saw the news it was pretty sad for them they'll probably play their b team or c team or something like that but yeah as you said hopefully this is not a start of another thing and they were able to sort this out at the earliest stage now talking yeah. about other quick transfers that has happened in bundesliga andre silva 
the second highest scorer in Bundesliga last season. It was not Haaland, it was Andre Silva. He moved from Frankfurt to Leipzig and Leipzig has a new American coach. He was Salzburg's coach, Jesse Marsh. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure in another one or two seasons, one or the other English clubs will be looking up to him. He's a very exciting coach. So if you're following Bundesliga, look out for Jesse Marsh from Leipzig. Very exciting coach. Other than that, the usual suspects. So these top three will be the top. Also note, Bala yeah. said, when you were talking about Andre Silva, he said not even Haaland, second highest, because the first place is only yeah. booked for one yeah. person. He, he was not even the first last season. He Last season, he became the, the, the top goal scorer ever in the history of Bundesliga. <laughs> not just last season. So, and he scored a goal yesterday yeah. again. So, so that's about it for Bundesliga. So Bundesliga is done. Serie A isn't starting this week. So we will park Serie A for uh, the next Thursday's episode. I think it's fine. We have already yeah. taken about 40 minutes for this season. League A, we're not going to talk about it because there's a lot been talked about League One for a while. So we'll cover that in our Monday episode where we will talk about the weekend games, what happened in these three leagues, big games. We'll talk about the, the, the team's performance and see how it goes. So before we close out, Ishan, any other important news or anything that we are missing? KL Rahul. <laughs> yeah, century at Lodz. And he is now better than Sachin Tendulkar. He is now better than Sunil Gavaskar and everyone. But not better than Ajit Agarkar. Ajit Agarkar yeah, still yeah. scored a century at Lodz. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's going to be a great test match. Uh, it's pretty yeah. even, for, uh, you know, level playing field right now at end of day two. Uh, Obviously, the match will be decided with how much rain happens, as usual. If England are losing by day five, it will rain, probably. Uh, if India are losing, it will be the sunniest day in England. So, that's how it goes. But yeah, excited about this test match. It's going to be a good game. I think those are the uh, the F1 weekend uh, vacation or summer winter break, summer break. I don't know, whatever season is, is, is probably coming is coming to an end. So, you will have a race week next week. Uh, next week, right? Next two week or next to next week? One of the those weeks. So I think next looking week. forward to that as mm-hmm. well. All right, perfect, guys. Now you guys go have a great weekend. Start following all the leagues, and pretty sure everyone will be busy with their weekend plans and schedule. So good luck, guys. Have a great weekend, and uh, see you guys back on Monday night. Bye from Bala. Bye, guys. See you on Monday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. And also, please, like we are literally begging, to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook, at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye!